0: Welcome to Vermont Artists and Authors, where we interview great storytellers and artists from the amazing Green Mountain State. This is Episode 8. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the highly talented and acclaimed artist, author, speaker, and consultant, Karina Thurston. Karina.
1: Hi. Thank you.
0: Thanks for coming. This is Thanks exciting. Thanks for having stuff. me. <laughs> and I, I, gotta say, of all the the, the different when we we're talking about before we went on the air, before like you are probably geographically the closest guest I've I, yeah. had on the show. So and we didn't yeah.
1: really know that, but yeah. Didn't really know <laughs> that,
0: yeah. <laughs> and but before we kind of you know jump right in head first, because you have a your your resume your your CV is um, extremely extensive. Uh, you are. Um, you know, a, a renaissance artist when it comes to a lot of stuff. You do speakers, you do classes, you do, you write books. Yeah. You are a, a prolific colored pencil artist. And we'll see some of those images. Uh, but before that, before we jump right into it, you want to talk to people how you kind of fell head first into the, into the art world, I guess.
1: So migraine first into the, <laughs> oh, what's <that>? yeah. uh, <laughs> So it's a kind of a different story than a lot of people. Um, I, so I, I didn't do artwork ever since I was a kid. You know, I wasn't an artist that was like, you know, prodigy at the age of five, you know, that kind of that kind of artist. I liked art, but I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't really do much with it. And um, and then I went to college at the age of 18 and I um, I was going to school for biology and anthropology. So not super art <laughs> related, um, but within my freshman year, I actually got really, really sick. Um, and then they, I kept thinking I was going to get better, right? I was okay, I'll just push through. I'll just push through and I'll get better. Right. And um, I just kept having thing after thing and it just kept getting worse. And I ended up having to medically withdraw from college in my freshman year, mm. Um I tried going back, and it, it that didn't work. <laughs> I was still really, really sick. I was just too stubborn <laughs> to to kind of give up quite yet. So anyway, I had to had to withdraw again, and um and then I was mostly bedridden for the next six and a half years. Right. So I had really severe, just a migraine twenty four seven, if you can imagine. Oh. Um, I had I had insomnia so badly that I was sleeping probably like twenty. To 40 minutes a night. Wow. And it lasted for years. So I was like hallucinating and shaking and having these panic attacks daily, you know, just in my own home. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't go out and do anything. I mean, I was literally in this room in my parents' house, and it was like a half basement room, you know, so it was in partially in the ground, so it was kind of darkened for me. Um, and for the first couple of years, I was just in there. (laughs) I, it was me and my cat, you know, and I, um, there wasn't really anything I could do. My migraine was so bad that I couldn't even watch television or read, you know, because, or use my computer very much because the visual, you know, aspect of it, I, it just was so painful. I couldn't do that and I couldn't really comprehend and the lack of sleep and everything was really, I wasn't all there, you know? Um, and so I started, I don't know, really sure why, but I started, I picked up a pencil one day and this like, it was like a number two pencil that I found on the floor. And I went and found this like piece of poster board, you know, pretty big piece of poster board that was in my closet from high school. <laughs> and I was like, whatever that will do. And I dragged it up onto the bed with me and just started kind of sketching, you know? And it's funny because the thing I sketched was a was a figure. It was a nude female. Um, and I was like, you yeah, know, okay, I'll just kind of do this. And, and I could do it a little bit at a time and just sort of distract myself for the first time in like two years um, from the pain and from the just like misery and depression and every everything else, you know. Um, and so I did that and I was like looking at it and I was like, this is cool. Like this what turned out pretty well, but it would look so much cooler in color. You know, like my my life is so like dark and depressing (laughs) and like horrible. Like I would love some bright color, like just some sort of color. And I was like, there's no way I can do paint, you know, like I'd have to set up. I'd have to clean brushes. I mean, I physically could not like Mm -hmm. do that. And I was like, I can't do pastels. Like they're going to be all over the bed and my cats and, you know, like (laughs) it'd be everywhere. And so I was like, I wonder know i wonder if colored pencil would do it you know like i wonder wonder what that would be like um and i had seen a couple images of people who had done colored pencil in a really like vibrant way and i was like really like this is you know i'm thinking of it in like the third grade like sketch style you know they're like okay let me i'll try it so i bought like a you know a box of prismacolors that was like i don't know 48 colors or something and then took I just went to town on that piece and tried to use as many colors as I possibly could. And so I put her on like a green lily pad, her skin was purple, you know, her hair was orange and I mean it looked kind of ridiculous and like water, you know, blue and blue water around her. It really wasn't very good. <laughs> but it was really interesting and I just kept going and kept doing layers and layers until there was really vibrant color. Um and I was like, "Huh?" that's okay. You know, colored pencil can do that. So then I immediately moved from there to um, my wildlife artwork okay. So and, and started drawing right away for, for wildlife. And uh, some of my first pieces, I still, I still exhibit them. Like they turned out well, <laughs> well enough where I I'm okay with people still seeing them. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, progressed very quickly let me put it that way <laughs> right and then it was after that that i started doing some stuff in black and white too so um which is opposite of what normal people would do right like you usually start in black and white and pencils and then go to color but i like to do things the hard way <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so you're, you're you're bedridden for you know yeah. two years what was that bedridden. conversation yeah so was it like your did you like kind of like walk up to your parents and say, Hey, next time you go out, can you buy some colored pencils? Like how did that conversation? I,
1: I let's see, it's hard to remember because my insomnia is so bad that my memory is just like you know, right. from lots yeah. of I have like flashes and stuff, but I'm missing lots of memory pieces from that time. Right. Um, which probably is a good thing, <laughs> but is <laughs> also kind of difficult. And then uh I, I'm pretty sure. I had seen like a book or something at some point before right. and right. as I'm pretty sure I had my mom go online, <laughs> but I was like, I remember Prismacolor. I remember the word Prismacolor. <laughs> I'm like, go and, and, and check that out. And, uh, and we did, you know, and we just got whatever the biggest box they had, you know, like, well, like medium sized box that they had so that I could just mm-hmm. play around. Cause I didn't know if it was going to be that one drawing you know or something more you know i had no idea and then when i started drawing and i was like oh this seems kind of good you know like (laughs) having no like art background and not having gone to art school and not having gone to anything and being totally socially isolated for those couple you know first couple years Mm -hmm. and continuing after that for another few years um all i had was you know my parents and my siblings to like show my pieces to and i'd be like what do you think? You know, and here I am this like horribly sick like you know, dysfunctional person they're like it's great.
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: of course it's great, you know, and then later on a couple years later my sister she was like I didn't want to tell you this when you were sick like r- horribly sick, but now that you're like a little bit better. She's like, "Well, I'm really glad that you are good at drawing because I was like putting on like ready to put on this face of like it's her, you know <laughs> just in case it was terrible you know she's like and i'm a terrible liar like i just i'm terrible and so i feel like you would have been able to read through it and i'm really glad that it was actually good
0: <laughs> so did you when you when you put this to when you when you're doing these were these references from photographs or how did you yeah did you a lot of these? them
1: are um a lot of them are either mm, like some of them are multiple photographs, you know, that are kind of, I use different parts from different um, photographs. And some of them are from my photograph, a lot of them are from my photographs, or I have photography friends that are like, hey, here's this whole batch of, you know, wildlife photography I just took, feel free to, you know, use whatever you want. So like the Kingfisher, for example, there's no way I ever would have gotten that photograph of the Kingfisher like popping out of the water. and so I had a photographer friend, um, Wendy Salisbury, who she let, you know let me use that image, and I played with the colors and mm. made him successful with a little fish in his mouth, <laughs> um, you know things like that. But it was yeah, a lot of them I get those details from from photos.
0: And so like you know, a lot of artists would learn in like, in, you know, in school that you would, did you ever kind of like do the grid pattern and kind of I trace did it? Used
1: to do that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I still do that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Especially for commissions where you're like, okay, this eye has to be exactly right. Or the person's gonna, you know, like know that their child or whatever I'm, you know, drawing is going to be a little bit off. So I definitely use it for that This too. <laughs>
0: right. And, and so, and, and, you know, looking at your website, you, you now you know, years later, uh, you know, a decade later or so that you now do the uh, you, you, you work with other mediums, correct?
1: A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, I like to mix it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the one I'm working with most now is still pencil, but it's, um, it's graphite mixed with a little bit of colored pencil. Okay. Um, I'm doing a series right now of um, like wildlife that's endangered. And um, they're they're much bigger pieces. So I've done an elephant so far, an African elephant, a black rhino, and a lion cub, and I'm working on a sea turtle. Um, And they're much bigger than my my typical pieces too. And so when I get enough of them done, I'm hoping to do an exhibit of just those like big black and white images. and and maybe even like a traveling exhibit of those, and have information next to them about the endangered species, um, mm. that you can learn how you know what organizations are supporting them, and you know that kind of stuff. Um, but it's been really fun. It's been cool. <laughs> it's a little bit different, but it's also really similar.
0: Right.
1: Um, and it's been it's been really fun. So.
0: Because you also do not just wildlife. I mean, this is one of your passions, but also you do as you as you mentioned. How much How much of the work you do now is is now through um, hiring you to do projects?
1: Like commissions and stuff? Commissions. I only – because of my health. So I'm still not 100% healthy, especially yeah. this past year. I've been really – so after I gave birth to my son, Josiah, um, 16 months ago, I have had a roller coaster of health issues with, like, thyroid and, and other things. And, um, and so especially, like, this past year – I haven't taken almost any, <laughs> you know, commissions and stuff. Right. So I limit the amount of commissions I take. Um, and that's because they limit the amount of money I can make off of them. And they take a long time for me to do. Right. Um, so I only do a handful a year usually. Um, and lots of times it's like a pet portrait or a portrait for someone of their child or, you know, something like that. Um I've done a few kind of weird ones, you know, I did an ultrasound for someone one time, um, <laughs> they wanted it bigger and then, you know, kind of like, I did it with like charcoal and stuff. Um, and I was like, okay, I've never met your wife before, but I'm, you know, drawing the inside of her womb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so I've done a few nudes, you know, for people, um, <laughs> And I've, and I've done a couple paintings of my, just of my own of like sunsets and stuff, just to sort of mix it up. Every once in a while, color pencil is just a little too time intensive and very detailed. I mean, it just takes, you know, it takes hundreds of hours to do a piece. And every once in a while, you just need to be like, okay, I need to just like paint a canvas. <laughs> just mix it up. Or like do charcoal with my fingers, you know? Like I need to do something that's loose and just sort of different. Right. Because it can get... Pretty intense, you know. So. Right.
0: Uh, you go to a book called, you know, how to build, you know, your art business. Yeah, uh, that came out in 2017. And mm-hmm. is there a part of that when you talk about any aspects of that? It talks about commissions, like the time yeah. you put in needs to reflect.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like that. So I talk about it in the because it's how to build your art business with limited time or energy, you know, which mm. is what a lot of us are. <laughs> but but me, too, like with the chronic health problems, I have very limited time and energy to do any of this work.
0: Right. And I,
1: I do a lot of different things, like you said. <laughs> um, so it's um, I talk about, you know, if you're going to do commissions, if that's going to be one of your like main parts of your art business. That's fine, but you need to remember that, you know, you you have to be the person doing it, right? Um, and it's going to take a certain amount of time to do those things. So you're limiting how much you can do. Um, and so, you know, you're, you are you want to pay yourself well for that time and work. Um, but you also limit, let's, you know, if you say you make, you know, $1,000 per piece and you can do 50 of them a year, like some, you know, then it's 50, you know, $50,000. That's your, that's your thing. You know, that's what you're limited to if that's what you're going to be doing. Uh, And you also need to find those, you know, have time to find those clients or have them find you Um, which sometimes can be easy and sometimes can be really hard, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. But for me, you know, I only take a handful of those because they do limit that amount of time. And in my contract with my clients, I always write in, You know, they one, they can't put me on a deadline just because of health problems. Um, So that takes that pressure like off right away. And then, um, two, I get the rights to the drawing. Mm -hmm. So I use their image that they give me and I, you know, create the piece for them. They get the original drawing. Um, and then I get the rights to use that piece for greeting cards or, you know, whatever uh, prints or put it on pillows or any of my other products that I make. And that way my commission piece can still make more money. I want to keep my commissions reasonably priced, you know? Um, and so then I can, I can do that and still potentially make more money, you know, for years, you know, off of those pieces. And if it's like a really cute dog or something, you know, then I can make greeting cards and, and things like that, put them in a calendar, you know, all that kind of stuff and keep, you know, continue to make money off of those. Right. And so far people have not had a problem with that. I've made a couple of exceptions for things that are portraits, Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, in general.
0: And would like, would you recommend in situations like that where you would negotiate to say, Hey, listen, if, if, um, if you want to make sure you retain the entire image and and I don't use it for any reproduction of it'll cost you more.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, okay. and, and most people have not had a problem with that. So I haven't had to deal with that too much, but, um, but yeah, that's exactly what I would do. Yep.
0: And depending on the medium, would you also, would that factor in, like you said, using colored pencils, yeah, take sure. is a lot more,
1: my black and white pieces take fewer pencils to you, you know, to use and just way less time, not mm-hmm. way less, but less time. <laughs> and uh, the colored pencil pieces are definitely more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to do them less frequently for commissions cause it's just more challenging and just, yeah, it's, it's uh, much more time consuming. Um, mm-hmm. And because I'm so limited with my time, I want to be able to kind of whip them out a little bit <laughs> when right. it's a commission. Get it done. Get it off my plate. <laughs> you know, get it, that happy customer, and then move on to whatever I'm I'm working on. Right. Um, a lot of my pieces are just pieces that I do for my own, you know, pleasure and hope that my audience likes. <laughs> so, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, would you like also? There's a, when it comes to those questions of setting up a commission. Do you ever have those kind of like those you know, honest conversations and say, listen, I know you want it, it this big, but it's kind of out of your price range. Like, do you like, do you have no, to kind I of to say, that. listen, you, yeah.
1: So it's all the artists out there <laughs> when you're doing anything commission based, you know, like you're going to come across, so many different types of people. <laughs> so you're going to have the people who want you to do it for free because they think it's super easy. Right. Yeah. you're just drawing you're like, it's just it's your pastime. It should be fine. It'll take you like an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. People who don't understand like how much effort goes into it and time. And, and then it takes you away from doing other work that can make you money. Right. Um, and so, and then you're going to have the people who try to negotiate to a lower price and that kind of stuff. And then you're going to have the people who are like, Oh, I don't care what it costs. Go ahead. And, you know, like, <laughs> you're like, okay. Um, and then, you know, lots of different things. And sometimes you have people who send you an image where you're like, where's the dog you want me to draw in this picture? You know, like the blurry, like little dot over here is the image. And they're like, I can't, I can't do that. You know, like in my contract, it's like only, you know, I need to say that the image is okay. You know, to approve of the image, it has to be a high quality image to work from cuz i can only draw what i see. Right. Um and i always have them give me 50% of the commission rate um in upfront. Right. And that's non-refundable. So if they don't like the piece at the end, okay, they'll keep the other 50%, right? But um they i mean i get at least that 50% no questions asked. Right. I don't start a piece until i have that payment. And that's right. just I, you know, (laughs) I want to be paid at least for like the materials and stuff that are going into it. So Um, I think that I think that's really important. And having contract in general is really important. And it doesn't have to be like complicated. It can just be you write it up write in the like five things that you want to make sure, you know, and have them sign and date it and, you know, send it back to you. Like that's that's all it really needs to be. Um, I think it's really it's a really good idea. A lot of artists are just like. Oh, sweet a commission, you know, like this person's going to pay me 400 bucks to do this piece. Okay. You know, and just go and do it. And because they're excited to have that, that work, you know, and you got to kind of stop and cover your bases there because people will try to, to undercut you, you know, they'll try to get whatever they can for as little as they can. Right. Um, and people won't value your time necessarily as much as they should because they don't understand it. Right.
0: No. And and do you like uh, you know throughout the process of the commission process? There's is there a point of no return where you say you show them a sketch or something ahead of time and say now yeah we're getting more permanent here. So yeah,
1: well it's hard. It's especially hard with colored pencil because you can't erase it. You right. know it's like working with pen or something. You know like once you get that layered out, like it, it's going to be pretty pretty challenging to change it at all. Um, and especially if they think that like. Okay, if they want to make it a little darker or something, you might be able to kind of add some more layers. But if they want to make something lighter, it'd be pretty challenging. Mm -hmm. Or if they want to change any sort of like aspect of it, that's not going to happen. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I definitely send them, you know, updates as it goes along um, and then hope for the best. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there's there's a point at which you just like, I can't change that, you know
0: um so and so you as you're doing as you're doing your you know mainly your colored pencil stuff that uh, and, and you showed the book before in 2017 you came out with a book you know called how to build your art business then in 2018 you came out as how to communicate effectively effectively for artists so what was the inspiration behind this was there some parallel track that was happening while you're doing your art um yeah. while you're working on a commission so talk to us a bit about how those parallel, tracks kind of complemented yeah. each other.
1: <laughs> so, uh, okay. So that's 2017. Yeah. So in 2014, I was finally diagnosed. Um, so I I had gone like six and a half years of being uh, going to see doctor after doctor after doctor. And um, in 2014, I was finally diagnosed, at least partially. Um, we found out later I have more problems, <laughs> but at least partially diagnosed. Um, with chronic Lyme disease and chronic Bartonella, which is another tick-borne illness. Um, mm. And it was, like, two types of pneumonia and Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune illness attacking my thyroid. Mm. And so we, ha- we finally had, so- like, something to work on, you know. And for the six and a half years before, like, for the first two years, you still have hope <laughs> that you're going to get better, you know. You're like, okay, next year maybe I'll go back to school okay, next year, maybe I'll be well enough where I can go back to school. You know, like you you just keep trying to to keep that hope alive. Right. And then after two years or so where you're just getting worse, you know, you're not getting any better, the light at the end of the tunnel kind of disappears.
0: Right.
1: And that's when I started drawing. So that helped me kind of stay sane, you know, through some of that. Um, But then in 2014, it was like this little glimmer, you know, kind of down there where I was like, okay, I'm still sick. You know, I'm still feeling horrible. But at least now we have some sort of diagnosis. We have something we can work with. And so I started to get a little bit better as we started long-term treatment, which I'm still on. Um, And so in 2015, the next year, I decided to register as a business um, and really try to make, you know, turn my artwork into a business. It was like the very end of 2015. Hmm. And in the beginning of 2016, I went to um, like a two-day class. Um, I did two of them. I did one in Vermont with the the Vermont Arts Council, put on a two-day thing about, you know, creating an art business, all the legal kind of things you have to do. And then I went to one in D.C., um, which thankfully I felt OK. But I had my mom like escort me to there. And like <laughs> I was sitting there like trying to take notes and had my dark sunglasses on, you know, like that creepy person in the corner. like. Okay. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> and, the, you know, and I go back to the hotel at night and then I would go back and it was terrible. But anyway, um, so during that. Um, so it was put on by the Arts Business Institute. Okay. Um, it's run by Carolyn Edmund and she was having consultations at the end of it for people. And they're like 20 minute consultations that she would just kind of, you know, talk to you about your, what you're doing and tell you if it was a good idea or not. <laughs> and so she was very blunt, very, and she was great. And so I signed up for one of those. Cause I was like, I'm here, I gotta, I just might as well do it. You know, my anxiety was like through the roof. Cause yeah. I just was so, like, my anxiety was just bad all the time. I mean, I was having panic attacks at home, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, let's, let's just do it. Um, and so I was talking to her about, you know, like, I'm sick, you know, I'm trying to do this and this and this, like I'm trying to build my artwork up despite health, you know, things. And so everything I was saying, she was like, yeah, that sounds really good, blah, blah, blah. And then she called me up like a couple days later and she was like, can I interview you? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, no, I think what you were saying about having this like limited time and energy is really important. And it's it's not just you, you know? And I think what you were trying to do to do like passive income and different, you know, kind of shying away from some commission stuff, you know, like some of those things is really good. And I think we could, you know, a lot of people would be really interested in that. Mm-hmm. So we did um, like a blog interview um, and it ended up being one of her top 10 posts of 2016. Oh, so wow. there a lot of people that were reading it and really interested in it. And that kind of triggered the idea for the book is that like, yeah. okay, I'm not the only one out there trying to do this, you know? Um, and I like, I, I just kept thinking about it and think about it. So then I took a journal and just started like brainstorming, you know, some ideas and things. And I sort of planned out chapter by chapter and then I just sat down and wrote for like six days, you know, and I just, and my fingers were cramping, you know, I just, and I, I was like, this is, this seems like it's important because it's just coming out of me, you know, like it's just flying. And, um, and what, you know, it was, it was really good. And um, the, it, it helped a lot of people. And I got some, some beta readers, you know, to help me read through it and see what they thought. And, um, you know, some of them are still my biggest fans and, and <laughs> the book, and, you know, um, there's some of their testimonials, They you know, are in the front and, and for a little, little while it was one of the number, it was the number one bestseller on Amazon in the art business category. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Which not too long after I, I launched it, which was really amazing. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been, it's, uh, there's a lot of anecdotes about, you know, this is why I suggest doing it this way, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's, it's helped a lot of people, which is great. And then the second book came from everyone was talking about how I write, which is just like very conversational. Okay. Um, They're like, man, I feel like I'm just sitting down having a conversation with you. You know, like it's, there it was so easy to read. And like, it's just, you know, you've simplified everything so well and, you know, things like that. And so, and I get complimented a lot from galleries and people like that in the media about my proposals and, you know, Um, really any sort of like communication (laughs) about how, how clear it is, how articulate, how, you know, whatever. And so the next book came about the, how to communicate effectively for artists and creatives from all of those kind of conversations and and things like that. And it talks a lot about like how to make a great artist statement, you know, Mm. how to, you know, do some grant writing, you know, what's the best option for that. And how to reach out to your local media, um, how to, you know, how to do all these different things. And I think it's even more important than the first book actually, you know, because it's all about like, it's all about marketing. Communication is marketing, you know? And so the way that you speak, the way that you, um, your, your marketing materials, you know, your pamphlets, your website, your, you know, all of these different things are all communication. And so the better that you can communicate who you are, you know, and why your work is interesting or different, it, the better you're going to have for sales and, you know, customers and clients coming back and talking about you, you know, that word of mouth. Hmm. Um, it's, it's all about communication. So really the book is how to effectively market <laughs> your work.
0: And and so after that, and so that came out in 2018 and, mm-hmm like a proactive nature to this or something where, where, as you say, you have limited time. How Mm -hmm. did that affect you also with limited passion in the, the different aspects of what you do as from being a speaker to being now at this point in time, being an author and also being an artist, how did, how were you able to balance these? And was that actually a benefit for you to, have different works and progresses at the same time.
1: Yeah. It's good for me. I think because my brain goes in lots of different directions. (laughs) I'm not good at doing one thing at a time and I'll get burned out pretty quickly. So I'm not, I'm not a very typical artist um, in how I started or, you know, any other way really. But I, I can't do it every day, you know, and, and physically I can't do it every day or every month. Even anyway. Right. But um, I get really excited about a piece and I'll start it and I'll work on it. And then at, once I'm done, I'm a little bit burnt out. So it's great to be able to go then to the marketing materials that I need to create or to a speech or write some into my book. So this past year, when I was really not doing well, you know, um, I focused a lot on writing the third book, you know, the How to Crush Self Doubt. Mm-hmm. And it went along with my TED talk, you know, which um, talks about a lot of similar similar things. And it just sort of it, it melds them together in a way that, you know, I can work on one and then take a break and it kind of come at the next piece with fresh eyes, you know, and then work on the next thing. Um, it means that sometimes I go a couple months without doing one or the other, you know, because I'm focusing heavily on a launch of a book or mm-hmm. you know, this or that. Um, But sometimes those breaks are good, you know, sometimes you come back with this kind of renewed, you know, energy for whatever it is you're doing, or if it's writing or, and so that's the other thing about having multiple things that I do is that I, you know, even taking out the speeches, I I was okay, you know, Um, I had other things to fall back on, you know. And, and I tried to adapt by creating masks with my artwork on it and, you know, kind of adapting to the situation, doing more online, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. But it was, yeah, I, I just sort of shift from one to the next, depending on how my head is doing. I still have a chronic headache every day for the last 12 and a half years. Um, it's not always a migraine anymore, which is fantastic, (laughs) but you know, for a normal person. Like I don't sleep well and I have a headache every day (laughs) and some fatigue and, you know, things like that. Um, it's yeah, it's still a big struggle, but it's nice to be able to switch back and forth depending on how I feel. Right. The third, so the third book, the one that just came out and this one, um, you know, I think that's, it's a great time for it to come out because, I mean, it's not just about self-doubt, it's about depression and anxiety and, and things like that and and how those can relate to self-doubt, right? And it's all these techniques that like can help those things that are really simple techniques. Like you you were talking about the gratitudes, you know, doing 10 gratitudes a day, writing them down, and how it can help change your perspective on life to focus, you know, you're training your brain to try and find and look for like all those little positive things in your life instead of dwelling on all the negative things. Um, So there's a lot of like retraining your brain. And so I think this book based on what the readers who have read it so far are telling me, you know, I think it's, it's really important. And I think that it's um, I think it could help a lot of people, Hmm. a lot of people who have read it so far bought extra copies to give and like send me messages, you know, and they're like, "I'm gonna give this to my kids. <laughs> I'm gonna give this to my sister. I'm gonna give this to, you know, like this is gonna help help people." And it's um, it's interesting because like I, I have suffered from depression and stuff for quite a long time because of situations and and health, you know, and just insomnia and everything else. But I can't really take um, antidepressants; they make me suicidal. Mm. Um, so over and over and over again, we discovered that. And so it's really, that's really challenging. So like, what do you do? <laughs> you know, um, if you can't take the sleep meds, because those are antidepressant, you know, most of those are antidepressants. So you're still not sleeping. You can't take, you know, I of these medicines. Oh, yeah. Um, so instead, I mean, that's how I learned all these different techniques. Hmm. That's how research and experimentation, you know, and just, time and failure and re learning stuff. And I just learned how to retrain my brain to, to kind of flip things around. Cause like at first when you're bedridden and you're in like horrible, agonizing pain every single day for years, you know, yeah. you, and and you read somewhere or someone tells you or something that, you know, gratitude will help you, you know, and you're like, Really? <laughs> you know, like I like can't function. <laughs> like, I am stuck in a room by myself all day long and I'm in excruciating pain. Like there's no point to my life, you know, like there was there nothing was, was good, you know? And I was like, this is, this is horrible. Like I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Like this is, this is horrible. Right. And, and there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Right. There was nothing for so many years. And then to be like, gratitude will help you feel better. And I'm like, I don't think you know what you're talking about, you know, like, (laughs) and, but it's kind of stuck with me, you know, and I I started kind of thinking about it more and more. And I write about this in my book, but it's like, suddenly one night, you know, my mom's like bringing me dinner, because I could I couldn't make food, I couldn't do any of that. So she brings down the dinner to, like, my darkened room. (laughs) She's whispering, you know, because my migraine's so bad that we had to whisper to talk to each other sometimes. And usually I just, like, eat the food, you know, and be like, thank you, (laughs) you know. And instead, that night, you know, I was like, so, like, I was, well, I guess I'm really thankful, you know, that I have someone to make me food. You know, like healthy. My dad, you know, does the cooking, and I was like the healthy, like nutritional food. And I'm glad I have my mom to come down and talk to me. You know, that to have some, you know, sort of socialization. I mean, I'm glad I have my parents to talk to, even though we have to whisper. <laughs> right. You know, I'm glad I have a place to live because otherwise, I would have died. I mean, I would have died without my parents. Right. Um, right. There's no question. I mean, there's right. just no question. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, you know, I was glad that I had like warm, I was really cold all the time. I was glad I had warm blankets, you know, and a bed to lie on. I was grateful for, you know, hot water and indoor plumbing. You know, I was grateful for, you know, I just started going around and the sunglasses that I could wear. And like, you know, all these different things, my cats for coming in and distracting me. And, you know, so it was it was interesting because I remember that night really distinctly and it was just this this flip, you know? So every day after that, I'd be like, okay, I'm grateful that I did that drawing on the wall. You know, I'd frame them and put them on the wall to remind myself that, like, I did that. <laughs> I'm good for something. Because <laughs> it was. It was, like, the only thing that I was able to do at all for years. And and it was good. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I, I can produce something. Because otherwise, I just felt like this huge burden on all the people around me. I just felt like I was just... I was just this huge weight of guilt, right. and I talk about guilt in the book too. And it's it's unnecessary because I didn't do anything wrong, you know. But I you still feel that guilt, you know, if you get injured, if you get sick, if you have financial problems, if you have you know whatever, you feel all this guilt even though you don't necessarily, you know, you haven't necessarily done anything wrong. And guilt should only be used for that, <laughs> you know. If I like insulted you. And, you know, then I can feel guilty. <laughs> but, you know, for, for falling sick and being in this horrible, miserable state, that wasn't my fault, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it takes a really long time to train your brain to, to realize that mm-hmm. um, and to work around that because it's not helping. It's just this huge boulder on you that just makes you feel even worse, mm-hmm. you know. It's- and if you just like chuck it off the cliff, you know, then you feel a lot better.
0: Do you feel that you know with that with the you know your first book uh, you know the first like how to build your art business and then this most recent book on how to crush self-doubt is there any aspects on that that might be contradictory to each other in the sense of if they don't have the creative energy to sit yeah. down and write but but they might be able to say well now I have to be on Instagram I have to be on Twitter and um, <laughs> oh, yes, they, no
1: it's uh, i think a lot of it's actually really complementary. Okay. So okay. the way cuz the way i talk about it in the first book is is about respecting your limitations. Um i talk about that a lot and i and i talk about that in the the most recent book. And i have a whole chapter in the most recent book specifically for artists and creatives about like creative self-doubt, you know, and things like that and being like confident calling yourself an artist. You know, it takes some of us a really long time. It took me a really long time to like confidently say, oh, yeah, I'm an artist. You know, like that's what I do. Even if it's just a side gig, you know, like lots of people will be like, oh, I draw sometimes or, you know, like they don't like if you if you do artwork, you are an artist. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've ever sold anything then you're a professional artist, you know, you've made money from, from your artwork. I mean, that's the definition, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you want to call yourself a professional, even if you've only sold like a 50 cent sticker, you know, you're a professional artist. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to say that, you know, and you don't have to hesitate or be, you know, kind of washy about it. You can just say it like you're, you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and once I started saying it more confidently, I got a lot, less reactions of like, oh, what do you, what do you do with your real job? (laughs) You know, like that kind of, once I started saying it more firmly and whipping out my business card, you know, to show them, you know, like, yeah, I do colored pencil. And then they, that's colored pencil? What? (laughs) You know, and it starts that conversation. And I got, I got a lot less of those questions about, (laughs) can you do this for free? Or, um, you know, what do you do for your real job? But yeah, so I, I think respecting your limitations is really important. Um, Like I've had a sinus infection for the last three weeks and I've had to lie down, you know, when my son lies down for like the last three weeks. (laughs) So the audio book I'm making of my book has been put on hold, you know, until I can get rid of this. And then, you know, just different things that have to be put on hold. Um, That's why in my contract with commissions, I say no deadline, you know. Um, But I also think that, Sometimes you have to start something to get your creative muse going. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes it's like exercising, right? Like, uh, 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 you know I, know, I should, I know it'll make me feel better. I don't really want to, you know, but sometimes once you start, you're like, okay, yeah, like you get into it and you, feel, you do feel better afterwards. And it's just, it can be the same with your creative work too, you know? So it's, <laughs> if you kind of start it, And then if you're still not feeling it okay you know you gave it a shot and you can back away and try to do something else um and and again i like to if i feel well enough i like to mix it up like if i try to do a drawing and i'm like this is not working (laughs) you know i'm like okay i'm gonna try writing (laughs) i'm like okay that's not working okay how about marketing materials you know like okay or how about doing some research to try to find you know where my next speech should be or things like that like you can have lots of different things you can kind of fall back on to see what your brain's doing that, that day or whatever. Um, I also talk about like your working style a lot. And sometimes we don't realize what our like optimal working style is. It's, you know, I have different working styles for different like projects that I'm doing when I'm writing, I really like it to be silent. Like I just, when I'm reading or writing, like it, it just helps me a lot to be just silent. Mm-hmm. Um especially when I'm writing fiction which I I'm, I'm writing my first novel. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, so anyway, but so like
0: exclusive this is an exclusive <laughs> announcement right now. Huh? Look at that.
1: <laughs> so, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> um so like I just I need it to be silent to just get into my head, you know, and really get into that that mode and and see see what I'm talking about. Um right and then when i'm doing artwork i cannot have it be silent <laughs> i i need music or like the tv going in the background with something probably that i've seen before like west wing <laughs> um you know some just just something to like keep me keep me going right. um it's been a little hard since i've gotten a little bit healthier because i do have a little more energy before i was stuck in bed and like didn't have the option to do anything else and so I could sit there, you know, and come back and forth energy wise for a drawing and and get a lot done. And now I'm like, mm-hmm, you know, like kind of antsy, like I I it's harder for me to sit still now. Um but you know, there's different working styles for different people and and lots of times you might think that like okay, if you schedule out, you know, your day, you're going to be super productive, right? I tried that. That didn't work for me. <laughs> it was terrible. I was like the least productive I've ever been in my whole life. Um, but when I don't do a schedule, when I kind of do like a loose, you know, idea yeah. of what's going on, I was way more productive, you know, it's, and that's totally illogical, you know. <laughs> but that's what worked for me, you know. And so to be more productive, which is part of the first book, right, how to be more productive because you, when you have less time and energy, you want to be as productive as possible during that time that you have. Yeah. And, and like efficient, you know? And so I was like, okay, you gotta, you gotta figure that out. You know, like what, play, play around with it, you know, like play some music, see if it helps. I don't know. Like maybe it would, and maybe it won't.
0: <laughs> so, and, and also too, maybe this, uh, you know, factors in a little bit on your second book as well. How explicit would you recommend artists to do on, actually like creating a brand or do you say it, k- it kind of has to be organic or how yeah. What would be some of your advice on that
1: i do talk about brand there's a chapter in the second book about branding That's as an right. artist yeah and it's it's hard as artists because some of us are very um exotic. (laughs) I don't know. Some of us are very, you know, wild and outspoken. And, you know, I know this, this woman who's amazing and she wears like these super oversized, like paint covered overalls to all of her stuff, you know? Um, And like, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. I want to wear like the, you know, kind of nicer, like not super nice because Vermont, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, like kind of more professional stuff. And that's what makes me feel more comfortable. And I feel like I'm presenting myself, you know, to, to people and I want them to know that I'm a professional. Well, it's hard with artists because you want to be seen as professional and you also want to be seen as unique. Right. And you want to be memorable and you want to be, you know, all these different things. And so, you got to find a balance between, like, how do you represent yourself well professionally while maintaining that, like, creative integrity and and kind of style of your own, you know? Right. Yeah. And lots of times, some branding will, will come, you know, it'll just be that's the type of artwork you like to do, you know? And it's like, I do a lot of wildlife and colored pencil. Okay. I've been, like, deemed the colored pencil artist, you know? <laughs> like, that's what people call me. They're like, wait a second aren't you the colored pencil artist, you know, cause they've never seen colored pencil like that before. And that sort of came organically. I didn't, I didn't go into it doing that. You know, right. it just yeah. sort of happened. <laughs> Which is great because people could remember me better. Right. And that's kind of the idea of a brand is that you can remember something better. Like the Nike swoosh, you know, like you're going to, anytime you see that, you know what it is, you know? Right. And so for an artist, it's really hard because we don't necessarily have like a, a logo that's going to be on everything. I I do have a logo and I put it on like my books and my website and stuff, but it's not necessarily, you know, it's not like on each piece of artwork, you know? Right. So it's difficult, but it's possible to right. try to figure out what is uniquely you and present that to the world in a consistent way. I think yeah. that's, that's branding is yeah. consistent marketing of your, of your work. And, um, So, yeah, for me, you know, (laughs) semi-professional clothes and things like that. I mean, that's part of it when I'm out and about. But it's also like my business card, which I don't have with me right now, my business card is um, black and has three thumbnails of my artwork and the same kind of text that my website has. My website is also black and has the same type of, you know, images. My brochures do the same thing, you know. So when they're lined up at a craft fair or something, you can tell that they all go together they're mm-hmm. all the same thing it's all branded right just by kind of looking similar right um and that way people kind of remember it better and so and then yeah if something pops up like the colored pencil artist like jump on it you'd be like okay yeah i'm the colored pencil artist <laughs> you might know me as you know or like the stick artist which but um so just just be open to whatever pops up because sometimes you don't have control over parts of it. <laughs> right. It's just what people are going to remember. And people really remember stories, you know, and I think part of my brand is my story, right? Mm. It's the, the sick artist <laughs> falling ill and starting from bed. And that's how I started colored pencil and, and, you know, all these things It that's part of my brand. Now it's not something I initially intended, you know, it just sort right. of happened. And that's the story that people remember really well. Right. And so that's that's what happens, you know. I mean, that's how you get word of mouth. they are like, I heard about this woman. She was really sick. She was in bed. She's like, she does this stuff with colored pencil. It's crazy, you know. So, and start-
0: and do you and do you feel too like there's a, the the benefit of kind of like diversifying your portfolio by writing books as well? Um, uh, does that help or hinder do you think as the uh, for the branding process?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I so my business name. Is Karina A Thurston Studios? It's Cat Studios, yeah. and I made that business name back in 2015 when all I did was artwork. Right. And I specifically remember making it Studios instead mm. of Art because I I don't know if I had an inkling or or not about um, you know that I would branch out. <laughs> so that's my umbrella sort of organization, right? And then I I mean. Lots of times with branding, you don't want to branch out too much because you'll kind of confuse your audience, right? Hmm. Like, wait a second, do you do landscapes or do you do (laughs) this or do you do abstract? Like, what's happening here? Um, You might even want different websites for different things, you know, like you might want, you know, I I think before too long, my website is going to have like a, a top image of me and then almost, you know, three different websites for art, speaking and books, you know? And you'll click on which one you're kind of there for. Right. And um, and then you can, you know, the art one would bring you to the website I have now, you know. And, you know, speaking one would bring you to like a, a smaller website that would just talk about that. And and then the other one for books, you know, to kind of separate it out just a little bit more. Right. Um, but I also think, I mean, the books is how I started speaking. Okay. So I had um, a gallery in Burlington, see the book and ask me if I'd be willing to come in and give a couple, you know, presentations about like artist statements and business planning and that kind of stuff to their, um, to their clients, you know? And I was like, oh. <laughs> when I was in high school and I gave speeches, I broke out in hives. <laughs> so sure. <laughs> Seems like a good opportunity. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I was like, I should wear a turtleneck <laughs> and put on some makeup. And, you know, I was like trying to prepare myself because my anxiety was really high, like I said, anyway. Right. And literally, I would break out in hives when I gave presentations in high school.
0: Right.
1: So it wasn't a logical leap for me, but I knew it would be good for me pushing myself outside my comfort zone. Right. And I wondered if it could help other people. So I I was like sure yeah let's let's do it you know and that's kind of how the TED talk happened too I was like okay <laughs> uh, let's do it <laughs> and
0: you also have uh, you also have another website too
1: I do this one's newer and it's kind of based on you know the most recent book and the TED talk and stuff I've sort of branching into this happiness and and uh, self doubt yeah. and you know trying to overcome like anxiety and depression and things like that just because I think it's so prevalent in every, everything, (laughs) you know, everything that we do, everybody, everybody's struggling. And, and I don't think we realize it as much because we don't talk about it. Right. And I talk in my book, there's a chapter about being open. And I think it's really important and we don't do it enough, you know, be open about our struggles and what is happening. I've had people, so I've had like newspaper articles and, and TV appearances and stuff. And People always come to me afterwards and are like, you're so brave, you know, and you're so honest and and you've made me feel so much better knowing that I'm not the only one dealing with, you know, whatever it is, chronic illness or, you know, and that's fantastic. And it it really moves me to do that. And I feel so good helping those people. But also like those people, a lot of those people are like, but I'm not willing to tell anybody else, even my closest friends that I'm sick or or whatever it is. So they're, they're feeling, you know, so touched by my story, and better feeling better about themselves because of it, but they're not willing to be open about their own struggles, you know, mm-hmm. which can help. It helps me right to process kind of those feelings and and things. And it helps other people in ways that you would have no, no idea, you know, people come to me with things that I just blows my mind, you know, people have been cr- like crying when they shake my hand after a presentation. And I'm just like, I'm just blown away. You know, you you I had no idea that's the effect I would have.
0: So, uh, so Karina, we are now, we're, 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 we're at our hour mark already. So yeah, we're going by quick. So, um, so where, where can people find, find your stuff if they want to follow you again?
1: Yeah. I mean, my website is my name.com. So C O R R I N A. T H U R S T O N dot com, Karina mm-hmm. Thurston And then um, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, um, Twitter, a little bit. <laughs> and uh, just, yeah, I mean, and then find your happiness uh, dot info is the other one. So okay. either of those is, is great, or Google me, or Amazon, or, you know, <laughs> any of those things. Right. Yeah. But, Perfect. And I'm, I'm always. People can reach out to me anytime. I answer all my own emails, and it may not be that day, <laughs> depending on how I feel. But I get back to all of them. So
0: right, and we should get you back. So you have. It also looks like you have another book in the works. How to think like an entrepreneur? Yeah,
1: so that'll be coming out. I think I'm going to do the the novel first. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Which I'm. I'm. Let's just say I'm done the first draft. So I'm. Okay. I'm. Uh, I'm getting there.
0: All right. And you and you should come back on the show and, and we'll talk about your your fiction book then too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Be, I think I think working title is Fixation.
0: Oh, okay. All right, cool. It's about light fixtures? Is that what it's about?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a thriller. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Kira. It was it was, a, it was a genuine pleasure chatting with you. This is Yeah, great. no,
1: I appreciate it. <laughs> nice.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Have a good one.
0: You too.